just waiting on waiting on Jace. Yes, sir. There he is. Hi. What's up, guys? Welcome. What's up? Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the student section, which is ironic because we go to three different schools. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, all right. Um, uh, we, you know, we're all we're all high school students, so we thought, you know, we thought we thought what every single male high school student thinks at one point. Why don't we start a podcast? Yep. Everybody thinks that's what we thought. This is an original idea. We're the first high school students to ever start a podcast. Yeah, definitely the first. Never, never, never. thought. And call it the students. If we want, if we want to be real original, we start talking about stocks and like NFTs. Yeah. There's no. So I think I figure we start with intro. <laughs> I figure we start with introductions. So hello, my name is uh, Jace Macon Kennedy. That's my full name. That's my government name. Um. So Macon. My favorite sport is basketball. Uh, I'm, a Hornet, I'm an NBA, NBA. I'm a Hornets fan. NFL, I'm a Carolina Panthers fan, so I get no enjoyment out of watching football. Um, <laughs> college football. Running the ball. For what, two yards? And then, <laughs> I love Cam, though. Anyway, I'm back! He was back fucking. I'm an NFL, I'm a Panthers fan. College, I am a Oklahoma fan. Hockey, I am a Dallas Stars fan. Baseball, I'm a Texas Rangers fan. And Division Two College, I am a Barton Bulldogs fan. Shout out Logan Kennedy. Hey, right, next. That's a plug there. I'll uh, I'll go up next. My name is Dylan Esau. I am a Washington Commanders fan. Oh, there's the Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. So I'm a Washington fan. I have been since I was born here, but I am a Hornets fan for basketball, um, because we live in North Carolina. So it's you know. That and then college, I am a Miami Hurricanes fan, and I'm trying to get into more college, but I don't watch college as much as much as Toby and Jace do. So I'm trying to get into that. I'm but uh, yeah, so that's my three teams. All right, Toby. I'm Toby Robinson. What's your uh, middle name, bro? Suck. Oh, oh. Dylan. Dylan didn't say his middle name. I, I didn't say my middle name. What? Well, fine. All right, just go. <laughs> Anyways, before I got rudely interrupted, <laughs> I'm Toby Robinson. For college, I'm a Duke Blue Devils fan. Bull oh. City. Oh my god. NBA. <laughs> NBA, I'm a Hornets fan. I love the Hornets. Yes, we need a big man, though. Yes, sir. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I love Mason Plumley too. Why? My like, God, we'll get it. We'll get into all of this. We will. And for NFL, I'm the Arizona Cardinals fan. K one. Carson Palmer is my dad. Is he? Yes. I'm gonna tell your dad. All right. Anyway. <laughs> so, so I think that wraps it up. Wraps up our little uh, <laughs> intro. This has been a big day. All right. First off, before we get into basketball, I want to mention. You notice we're all Hornets fans. We're going to try to keep it as unbiased as possible. Yes. So uh, whenever I start ranting about how LaMelo should have been a all-star off the jump and not have been selected as an injury, don't worry about it. But anyway. Trade the lines in four, three, four days, three days? Um, had, I think so. I haven't heard about that. We had a big day today. So big. First trade. 
involves the New Orleans Pelicans and the Trailblazers. And it was, I believe, Norman Powell, Larry Nance, uh, Robert Covington, and C.J. McCollum, right? Yeah. For um, some draft, some draft picks. No, no, no. And Tony, a- and Tony Snell. And- no, 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 no. Norman Powell and um, Robert Covington were part of the Clippers trade. Yeah, it was, okay, it was C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell in exchange for Josh Hart, Mikhail Alexander Walker, am I saying that right? Yeah. And two others, I don't know them off the top of my head, and pick. I'm a Sadoransky. I'm a Sadoransky, yeah. And then some bum. Also, I think the Hornets get a pick out of this one. I don't necessarily know how, but I'm pretty sure it's a 15th to 30th pick. Yeah. So, I'll give my thoughts first. And I, I'm just going to kind of be reiterating what I said in the group chat earlier. If if the Trailblazers can't find a common direction for their team, they're going to blow up. Yep. Yeah. I think right now I said mentioned this earlier. The front office seems like they're trying to fully rebuild. Damian Lord is obviously, you know, he's been in the league a long time. He's going to be in a win right now state. So if your star player and your front office aren't coordinated, that's not good. That's mm-hmm. bad for all the players. That's bad for your chemistry. That's bad for the coaching. So, here's what here's what that they need to. I think they need to sit down. And they need to talk because there's two courses of action they can do, and I think both of them they're risky. But one of them needs to be done because you can't keep you can't keep being a first round exit every year. I'd, yeah. love, horn, I'd love for the Horns to be a first round exit every year. That'd be fantastic. Like, but exactly. Anyway, anyway <laughs> there's two ways they can go. They can either blow it up and trade Damian Lillard, which, you know, obviously like you don't want to let go of a guy who's been so loyal, but you got to do something because he's not going to want to stay. Mm-hmm. So you either, you either you blow it up, leave. you trade Dame and you restart, try to get some good rookies, or the other route is free agency and try to put star, some stars around, around uh, Dame. And while I think that is what they should they should do, they they aren't the Lakers. Portland's a small market team. They don't like no, nobody's nobody's gonna like you know the way that people leave their teams to go to the Lakers and play with LeBron. Nobody's gonna do that for Portland. So like you would never. Well, I won't say never because you you never know. But the possibility teams like the ones you see in Brooklyn or the ones you see in in uh. Los Angeles, which I mean, neither playing very super right now, but yeah, the odds of stars coming together in a market like that is, I wouldn't say impossible, but highly improbable. And they can't get like a bunch of young player, un, young undeveloped players, because yeah. Damian Lillard's getting old. He's like thirty something. Yeah, he's like so they can't. I'd say middle of his prime, about to, about to get out. Yeah, and you know, like he's he wants to win. Like, he loves Portland, but you can only take so much. Yeah. So, here's what I – I at this point, I think I would test – I would test the free agency option. I would test it, but I'd, I'd keep in mind that if it doesn't – like, if you can't attract anybody, you've got to trade Dame as fast as you can for as much as you can because you don't want Dame to just leave and get nothing out of him. Mm-hmm. So, I mentioned this earlier. I think – if I would, I said this earlier, but I don't know where this would go now. 
because it got announced about an hour ago. He's having season end uh, wrist yep. surgery. I just saw that Bradley Beal. Beal. I think if I think the pairing of Bradley Beal and Dame would be crazy. You're right. Assuming because I don't know, it depends on the the cap space. They're both good store, scores. Because he's looking at a two hundred and forty three million dollar contract extension right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that means for the future of Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah. I think it's either get Beal and maybe a mid-contract big, like, you know, like Marvin Bagley, or mm. Mo, depending on how Mo Bamba plays, or yeah. re-sign Nurkic and go for some smaller like some smaller guards and forwards, like like Joe Ingles, like you said earlier, Dylan. Mm. Here's what I think. I think Beal and Dame is de- – it really depends because Dame is not really a playmaker. His playmaking isn't amazing. Him and Beal together I don't think is going to work out. So I think what you do for Dame is you give him people like, you know, secondary shooters like Buddy Heald, although he just got traded, like Buddy Heald. Um, that Dame, if he's not there, he has an option. Because before in the 2021 playoffs when he was carrying, he wasn't looking to pass. He was just forcing shots and it was working because he doesn't. He didn't really have teammates. CJ yeah. McCollum was bad that game. Again, um, like, yeah, who could he pass to? Exactly. Now he well he had Norman Powell too, but they just got rid of. Both I think of that was the stupidest thing they could have done. Seriously, yeah. I think because like you got to get rid of cap space, but Norman Powell is so promising to send him for nothing. Well, not nothing, but you know what I mean. Yeah, is so stupid to me. I yeah. like, I understand. I understand <laughs> dumping cap, but not that. And yeah. the things they got out of it was Justice Winslow and Eric Bledsoe, which Eric Bledsoe's old, and Justice Winslow. Hasn't been doing good for the past few years. That's another thing. What is what is the timeline of the Portland Trailblazers? Do they want a good young team or do they want like veterans? Yeah, exactly. They're they they're blowing my mind right now because they make a trade for veterans and then they make a trade for young guys. You know what this team reminds me of? It reminds me of the Buccaneers in the NFL. Here's the thing about the Buccaneers: they weren't that good of a team, and then they got Tom Brady, and Tom Brady was like, "I want to win now." And this is what I feel like Dame is in this situation right now. He wanted to win now, so he got the coach, the manager, the owner. He was like, "I want these veterans so we can win now, not for the future of the team, so we can win now." And they did win now. But once Tom Brady retires, all these free agents—they're not going to get resigned. There's not enough money, and I feel like. If Dame wants to win now, that's the same thing is going to go through Portland. They're going to he's going to want all these really good now veterans and now players mm-hmm. that are just going to leave after a year or two, and he's going to retire after two or three years. So I think the future of the Trailblazers is a right now team like the Buccaneers, and they're just going to blow up in a few years and not be that good anymore. Yeah, yeah. but you got to like, who's going to want to come to Portland? Exactly. No one. That's the thing. There might um, be someone. If people come into Portland, then that'll attract players. Be like, oh, I want to yeah. go here. All they need is one guy. It will depends. It all it depends who the guy is, but like, they need. They could get big man like. I, that's why I was talking about Bradley earlier, because you know, like mm-hmm. I agree with, I agree with what you said. I, I, them working together is very up in the up in the air. But yeah. You know, obviously, not, like, not not like skill wise. Like he, they they're in different leagues. I think Bradley Beal and CJ play very similar. Yeah, yeah. So in terms, of, in terms of knowing their roles, like whenever West, like Westbrook is, a, he's a better playmaker than Dame in terms right. of passing yeah. and setting up, setting up play. Like, he knew his role. I think he knew his role and he played his role well. 
And I think that would just that would require some improvement on Dame's part, which I think he'd be willing to do because you know he's a he's a work hard kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a win in Portland kind of guy, even though that might be hurting him. Well, not might be it is hurting him. <laughs> so, I'd be very scared of the Trailblazers fan right now. I would be terrified of uh, the Trailblazers fan. Of, speaking of very scared, I know the. Indiana Pacers are having a field day, and Kings fans are crying in their bedrooms. Right let me now. let me say let me say, this is the dumb trade I've ever seen. Seriously, oh my god, that would have been a perfect trade if Halliburton was taken out of it. Seriously, that would because been I was watching ESPN earlier. I was watching Sports Center or NBA Today, and JJ Redick was talking and talking about it, and he said the Kings just traded away all their shooters. They don't have any shooters. DeMontis Sabonis yep. is a shooter. Freaking Jer- Jeremy Lamb, he's uh, he's he's all right of a shooter. And then Darren Fox, not really. He can't shoot. Do you want to do you want to do you want to know what excites me about this whole this whole ordeal as a Hornets fan? What we already know that Miles Turner wasn't happy not being able to play the primary big man with Sabonis mm-hmm. on the team, and now he's starting. So, yeah. so here's my thing about the Kings: the Hornets need a big man. How is Rashawn Holmes going to feel about this? Mm. How is Rashawn Holmes going to feel about this? <laughs> Maybe he's feeling a little bit of, a little bit of purple and teal, a little bit, a little bit. Please, if you're listening, a little bit first of first episode, but please, a little bit of mint and gold. I... Bro, this is uh, this is bad for the Kings because the Kings they had a really they're they're they had a good solid team and they they had a really young team and so. Although they were bad, it looked like yeah. they were going to be good in a few years. But now that they've got rid of all these really good young players, mm-hmm. they have no team. Their team is consisted of Sabonis, who is going to be their best player besides De'Aaron Fox. It's probably De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not going to be a good team. Their team is just all over the place now. And the, mm-hmm. go ahead. The only issue with that is that their team, I feel like they should just start rebuilding. Like fully, because I just think the Kings. They're the not the king. Oh, the Kings. The Pacers mm-hmm. are great. I think the Pacers are going to be on track for a solid, you know, six, seven, eight seed. But that's pro- probably next season. This season, I think play in top eight or maybe seventh seed. They can make the play. Let me say. I think they can make the playoffs. Let me say something too. The Pacers. I love them to death, but they got rid of one of their biggest injury liabilities, and that's Jeremy Lamb. I love Jeremy Lamb to death, but Jeremy the Pacers. The mm, two games yeah. that he played a season, he he wouldn't do much, and then the rest he'd be out with a with a some kind of leg injury. So I think for the Kings to take that, they could have tried to get like either a different player, or I think what was I say? I think they could have added to the deal because you know, like if they're trying to build a younger team, which I don't know if they're trying to do anymore, considering they got rid of one of the most promising young people in the league, sitting there's yeah. Tyrese Halliburton, who was sixth sixth in three-point efficiency throughout the entire league. That blows my mind. I think Tyrese, De'Aaron, and DeMontis could have for the ages. De'Aaron and Tyrese but played again, so well together. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yet again, they probably wouldn't have got some bonus. If they didn't put Tyrese Halliburton in the deal, I mean mm-hmm. that could have been fixed with some picks. That's yeah. They don't necessarily. They don't do much with their picks. 
the picks that they do have, they trade them all all the time because mm. they want back, they want to get a young player. Yeah, from and, picks. But here's what I will say though: what this means for the Kings is that since they got rid of Tyrese, I think they are all in. And that's yeah, why that's, true. that's why I don't Dude, see I this think... being I don't see this as being that bad because yeah. they have another young guard in Davian Mitchell. Darren Fox could easily play shooting guard. If you have Davian, who's I mean he's a, he's a smaller guy. I don't know if he's playing. He's like six. Yeah, being the size he is, I don't think he's playing shooting guard. I think him because he already he has defense that scares some of the stars in the league. Mm-hmm. I kind of crazy. forgot about him. What's his nickname? Off night. I don't even that's know. So crazy. I, I didn't even know he had a nickname. Yeah, his nickname's Off Night because that's because that's what you got to expect if he's guarding. Oh. <laughs> Book Night. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't even want to talk about what he did to James Book Night. Oh my god. Oh my anyway, god. um, I think you know the Kings. They kind of have to rely on re-signing. Uh, Oh wait, no, they got Sabonis in this deal. Oh, uh, never mind. I was gonna say they got to deal with re-signing Mark. What What do we think about Bagley? Do they re-sign Bagley as a backup to Sabonis, or do they keep Sabonis at the four and have Bagley at the five? They either get rid of Bagley and keep Rashawn, or re-sign Bagley and get rid of Rashawn. Mm. Yeah. Because I mean, I guess you know, Bag. I don't know. I don't know how brilliant. I don't really know how Bagley feels about anything. Cause I don't, I don't hear much about like his thoughts or feeling. Cause he's, he's not big enough of a player to express his like opinion on wanting to leave or wanting to stay. Mm-hmm. He's probably happy that he's even playing. Yeah, that's how we, most players are. We've, we've all been saying this. If he gets in the right opportunity, Marvin Bagley can be good. I don't know if he can mm-hmm. be a star, but Marvin Bagley can be a, a, he can be a contributor for a team if he gets into the right system. He was good at Duke. <clears throat> Man, a lot of people were good at Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Kennard was good at Duke. For real, he got a he got a uh, backwards behind a le- um, through the legs pass. And I did to that. Grayson Allen for three corner. That was insane. I did that in my third grade church basketball league, dude. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know. I don't know if y'all saw that. If y'all saw that stream, but I used to go mm-hmm. off. I'll, Stop. If any of y'all out there watch the uh, Niceville, the uh, Niceville, Florida. Uh, Northwest Baptist Church, uh, third uh, no, it wasn't third grade. It was like first grade uh, recreational basketball league. Uh, yes, I am the Jace, the Ace Kennedy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've been gone for so long. I transferred up to uh, uh, Duke University. Yes, I know more. They wouldn't get it, you know. So uh, there was a uh, thing I wanted to bring up after we were done talking about the free agency, Portland Kings, Pacers, all that. Um, Pelicans. So I wanted to talk about Russell Westbrook. He, the, the Lakers are in a place where what they need to do is put Russell Westbrook on the bench because him on the bench frees up a lot of space for LeBron because LeBron is carrying way too hard right now. You put Westbrook on the bench, although he's, you know, has his off games and he plays terrible on those off games, like really bad. If you put him on the bench, he can force those shots. He might feel more comfortable to where he can play like himself and force shots like he normally does, drive to the basket, play okay defense, playmaking, all that. He can do that when he's on the bench. But if he's starting with LeBron, with sometimes healthy AD, it's just not going to work out. Yeah. Here's my thing about Russ. 
he's so I'm gonna say this, but let me explain. He's so strange. And what I mean by that is that he is so like in, he's so consistently inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So he'll either like he'll do what he did to the Hornets and murder us single handedly, carry the Lakers to almost beating us. Yeah. Or he'll or he'll do his signature like mid range hits the top of the backboard. <laughs> yeah. Hits, hits like hits like a young child in the stand. I don't I don't even that then. Yeah. That 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 was ooh. But I think a lot of people blame this on the coaching. I think Frank Vogel is the biggest scapegoat in the NBA. And people, people like I think he's being used as the 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 person to blame for all the Lakers' problems because I think they feel like they need somebody to blame when in reality there's a a made a bunch of different issues. I think I think the main issue. I think the Los Angeles is not healthy. I think people are so eager to go there, and LeBron is so eager to bring people there that it's just like. The like, even though they're bad, I can. I'm sure there's a lot of players I'd love to go to Los Angeles right now, mm-hmm. and that's why it's so weird. Because if that's the case, why did they brought in? They brought in so many veterans, which I understand the idea behind it. Way too many, but there's no way they thought Wayne Ellington and Mark Gasol were 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 good. Mark yeah, Gasol might have been fine on the rap. Dwight Howard. Marcus Gasol was fine on the Raptors. Wayne Ellington was retired. Wayne Ellington wasn't even playing. He wasn't in the league. Or if exactly. he was, he was a bench player. Which he is now, of course. But mm. I think their mix of young people and veterans is way too un- is way too unfairly skewed. Mm-hmm. You could be the biggest win now team in the world. You need young guys. And, mm, right. and the, the Lakers, they have... They have Austin Reeves, which I love him. He's my Oklahoma boy. They have Austin Reeves and who else? Malik Malik Monk. Malik Monk has saved them a lot of times. He really yep. has. He saved the Hornets too. He yep. saved us a lot. And then Melo. Melo is just – I don't know what happened. He He's started off the season consistent. amazing. He was great. He played great at the beginning of the season. He was <laughs> dropping threes after threes, and he was dropping, you know, 15, 20 points a game, and then he just fell off. Yeah, he's not he really playing terrible. He's like good one game, good another game, then and not bad and bad. bad. He, there was a game I remember. This was back last semester when we were in. Yeah, I was in other classes and stuff, but I remember there was a stat I saw and I was just shocked because Carmelo Anthony. I was like, "How is this possible?" He he was like, oh, and like eleven in three pointers in a game, or something crazy yeah. terrible like that. And I was like, "What in the world?" And I think a lot of this. It goes back to that LA, like that Los Angeles mentality. Cause I think a lot of people, like they want to be, they want to be that Kobe Bryant. They want to be that, like, Johnson. They want to have their, their, their LA moment. They want to be the hero. They want to be like, this, mm-hmm. like the guy that comes in and like is like remembered as a great Laker. I don't, I don't see a world where Russell, West, where Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and LeBron in this day and age play well together. Uh-uh. That is such weird play styles. Maybe like five, six years ago. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah, definitely. But that is such – those are such – because you have – I mean, obviously you have, you have ball-dominant Westbrook, but he can still he can still play make, mm-hmm. you know. LeBron's one of the best playmakers ever. But is does LeBron have people to play make too? No. no. He has – Oh, yeah. Thing. 
but but do it's they not enough? It's not, not enough, enough to win games. You have injury prone Anthony Davis. Very not enough. LeBron, God, he has just been like he's been coming back healthy, but his defense. What was his best part about him? He just like it, he's not been playing good defense like as he used to. Ever since they won the championship in twenty twenty, he's been yep. a big downfall. Yeah, shooting I percentage think, terrible. I think that championship is the worst. And uh, you know, you know, you, you're gonna know what I mean by this. Like, I not like not obviously like, the worst thing, but like the worst. Because I think yeah. you know, a lot of team, a lot of the times, losing in the playoffs is some of the best thing that happens to teams. Because it teaches them. Yeah. It didn't teach the Lakers anything. What it taught the Lakers, the Lakers winning that year. In every game. What it taught them that year is that the more, like, outside people you bring in, the better chances you have. Yeah. So they just thought, oh, let's bring in a whole new group of guys. And that's where Mark Gasol and Wayne Ellington and all of them came from, which they don't – I don't think they took time to think how are they going to play together. And I think – I also think they they rush into trades too quickly. they rushing into trades and and acquiring players. Like I, when they acquired Andre Drummond, I was like, even when that happened, I'm like, okay, Andre Drummond is not going to play well with these people. <laughs> mm. Andre Drummond was he's used to being the guy, and you you mean by that not like a star player, but he's used to being yeah. like he's used to drawing the most attention on the floor. Like when he played when he played with the Pistons and the the, uh, the other best player was Blake Griffin. Yeah. He's used to being their guy. So what now? When he's when he's not even that, I wouldn't even say he's the most physical on the court. Being like the the big like the big monster you have to watch out for. He's going to drop like twenty rebounds, which he still does. But yeah, he, he does it good for the 76ers. There are a number of players who out outbody him every game. Yeah, and I don't I don't think. Also, mm. real quick about the Lakers, I think their mixture of big men was so strange. Like when they had when they had Javale, when they had Dwight, when they had Andre, like what was that? And you know what's bad now? When one of their best players is young forward Stanley Johnson, who Stanley Johnson is great, but is Stanley Johnson like are him and the Lakers a good fit? Because the Lakers are looking now like a like a win in a couple of years team. Yeah. Right. Like you have real Russell Westbrook being like, yeah, like once you make the playoffs, it's good. Mm-hmm. That's a big if. There was a someone asked a news reporter asked them earlier this season. I don't know. It was I think it was a week or two ago, and he said they asked him how he felt about how they there was a chance they couldn't make the playoffs. And he was talking about how it doesn't matter how many wins they get or how they get there, just getting there matters. And I was like, yeah, but if you play bad, you won't get there at all. Yeah. I mean, it's not like yeah, exactly. it's not going to work. So unless we see, like, the, the I will say very common, like, late Lakers push, because who knows? They can come into the – they can come in after the All-Star break and be different. They could – they. I think they've been coming together. I will say the Lakers now are miles better than the Lakers at the start of the season. Oh yeah, and I mean exactly. miles better. So I think, I think they could. It depends how they work together, and it depends. It depends on the coach a lot too. 
because I know I said I said you mentioned earlier about how um Russell Westbrook needs to play on the bench. Mm-hmm. I think the coach agrees with you, but how will Westbrook feel about that? Because he that's happened to him before, and he went on like he went on Twitter, he was talking to reporters, he was pissed. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know if that LA mentality is gonna gonna help him deal with being the bench guy. But he he would fit better on the bench. He would, but I don't think he realized that off the bench as like a six man. But then again, who would who would start point guard over him? These exactly, there is no answer. Um, I'm looking at some box scores of the last few games. The Lakers last game. Or I don't know if it was their last. When they played the Clippers and lost by one point, um, the Lakers, Anthony Davis had 30 points and went 12 for 24. He played pretty good, had 17 rebounds. My God. Um, Like you said, Stanley Johnson, this guy had two points, went one for three, and only had three rebounds at power forward. He didn't do anything all game, and he played for 23 minutes. Malik Monk had 21 points, eight for 19. He played all game pretty much. Uh, and then Russell Westbrook, 17 points, shot seven for 18. One for five from the three. It's it's not he bad. Shooting threes. He's not that good it's of a three-point shooter. Yeah, it's not bad. 17 points isn't bad. It's just like if you give him the ball that much and he only scores 17, it's just like it's not going to work out as well. I mean, Malik Monk almost had the exact same shooting percentage, but he had way better three-point shooting percentage. I don't know who you would start over him, though. Maybe that's the Lakers, what they should do, is maybe try to go for a young guard, maybe someone who could start over him. Oklahoma boy Austin Reeves. <laughs> I love Austin Reeves. Here's the thing about Russell Westbrook. I'm going to use De'Aaron Fox as an example. Mm. Because De'Aaron Fox isn't that good of a shooter. He's not that good at a three-point shooter. But the difference between him and Westbrook is he takes smarter shots than Westbrook. He... De'Aaron Fox doesn't just chuck up threes. Like, exactly. Yeah, and some might say that's – some might be like, oh, that's a lack of confidence. No, that's just being smart that's, in your he, shot collection. Mm. He's taking smarter shots. And uh, De'Aaron Fox can shoot the mid-range better than Westbrook. Mm-hmm. I've seen him play. But he takes smarter shots, and he's just a better player for that. And if he mm. doesn't have a shot, he passes the ball to someone mm. open. I have no doubt that Russell Westbrook has all the confidence in the world, but – is that his? Is that his downfall? Yes. It's you know when when confidence turns into ego, that's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. There's differences between like LeBron, like LeBron early, like my like I almost I almost said Miami Cavaliers, like <laughs> Cavaliers mindset. That's confidence. But yeah. complaining complaining to reporters after getting put on the bench. Instead of just like working your trying to work your way back, that's ego, right? And that's that's the worst thing that this Lakers team could face. So just like the Blazers, I think it's a mess. And if they don't figure out their direction and if they don't get on the same page soon, it'll it'll mean bad things for Los Angeles. Yeah, Watch and uh, speaking of LA teams, and we were talking about earlier how Norman Powell was. He got traded to the Clippers. I looked. He, Norman Powell, it was a smart thing for the Clippers to accept that because first game he played 28 points, shot four for eight from the three, had four assists. How do you, and he came off the bench. He was the bench small forward and he dropped 28 points, played 24 minutes. 
you look at the starting lineup, Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson, sorry, shot three for 12, got 10 points. Nicholas Batum, and not only in this game, but <laughs> I'm going to talk about him in a sec. We don't speak about him. Where I'm going to talk about, he's got his own thing I'm going to say. Marcus Morris shot for seven for 15 and had 20 points. He had eight rebounds. Marcus Morris is good for them. He is a great player. He should stay. Reggie Jackson is inconsistent. Um, Robert Covington had 13 points, shot four for seven, four rebounds. He played smart. He played not like he did before. He played yeah, like he did say, before. Strange thing for Robert Covington to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, Serge Ibaka off the bench, three for five, one for one on the three, seven rebounds, Serge. seven points, played pretty good. Terrence Mann, they, they all played pretty good. Here's the thing, though. Nicholas Batum, starting, starting power forward, two points, one for five, four rebounds. Starting four. I wish he, I wish he could have done that on the Hornets. It's better than the zero points he dropped. Now, let's Thanks. go to the game before this, the Lakers game, like I was talking about earlier. Nicholas Batum. Let's go to box score. Where is that? Here we go. <laughs> let's go down to Nicholas. I got him. He is. This is the hate on Nicholas Batum. Yep. Let's I would, go down. Love, Nicholas I would Batum. love for this podcast to become a. This is, this is one of our segments. Four points. <laughs> zero for two from the three and two for six from the field goal. And he played 26 minutes. And this is a dude who is beloved in his home country, France. Like, are y'all okay? Marcus Morris played 36 he minutes at 30 points. Like, it's stupid. Get rid of him. Please get rid of him. He's not worth keeping on the team. Go try to get Marvin Bagley. Go try to get any other big man. Because Nicholas say, Batum is not the answer. I will say this. You mentioned you mentioned Serge. Mm-hmm. Serge is the perfect example of a good old player. Yep. He yep. knows his role and he plays it to and he plays so well, knowing knowing that he probably won't ever be what he was. He 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 knows that he will not. He will never be old Serge again. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I shouldn't say never. He might. He probably will never reach what he was ever again. Right. He knows that is exactly what he's doing. Just you know, quick points, quick in the in the, in the minutes that you do get, score as uh, score as many points as you can, but at the same time, smart shots. And didn't, didn't you say he went, like, almost – what did you say went from the field? He went three for five, seven points, and seven rebounds off the bench yeah. as starting center. One, one for oh. one, three-point line. Yeah, one for one from the three-point and had one assist. Almost a double-double. I love Serge Ibaka so much. He's a veteran. He's good. And I'll say this about Norman. Norman, I don't know – I don't. Let me, let me look up how old Norman Powell is real quick. Norman Powell. He is – He's kind of young, I think. Uh, 28. Yeah. 28. That means he's entering his prime soon. Mm. Norman Powell, I think he can, if he works hard enough and he gets put in the right situation, he can be the guy for a team. Yeah. Mm. Same with same with Gary Trent, the man who he he swapped teams with a while ago. That's true. This last year, and Gary Trent are perfect examples of just full contribution and no attention, no media attention. People like Norman Powell and Gary Trent, they get like I, I don't ever hear about them. <clears throat> or if I do, it's just like, oh, he had a, he had a pretty good game tonight. They are so. I, think I don't know about Gary. They are so consistent, and they play consistently well for their teams, mm-hmm. which surprises me as to why Norman's been traded so much. It makes me wonder, like, if there's something that we don't know. But Norman is a con- incredible 
contributor for any team that he's on. And I would love him, Norman, bro. We don't exactly need your position, but you know, you can. Play, I don't, I don't, I don't care how tall you are. You can play big man for the Hornets, bro. You're better than Mason. Um, so what's with Ka- um Kawhi? Like, I know he got injured a while ago, and he hasn't played in a long time. But what's with? Is he getting surgery or what? He's in. You recovery. guys know he's in recovery. Recovery. Okay, and Paul George, he's been injured too, right? He just he got um season <laughs> surgery. Mm. That's. Clippers at the beginning of the season, I was talking about this when MVP MVPG, he was the MV, he was the MVP candidate. Him and John Morant. Those were the two biggest MVP candidates at the beginning of the season. And those were the two everyone was guessing. And then both got hurt. John Morant came back and still is playing amazing. But Paul George, he was the guy for the Clippers. He was winning games. Without Kawhi, he was stepping up and playing better than he did, honestly, with Kawhi. But now both of them, him and Kawhi are hurt. And their starting five looks really bad. The fact that Marcus Morris has double the amount as the second leading scorer and has 20 points is bad because they got whooped by the buck by the Bucks. It's it's bad. Also, I just got a notification that the dunk contest was set. Was that already like released or did I just um that was it was already released. Oh, okay. So Sports Center is just reposting stuff. We'll have, we'll have an all-star break episode soon. February. Yeah. Sometime in late February. That'll be us talking. But All right. Um, we've been talking about the NBA for 37 minutes. One more thing I want to okay. touch on the NBA. James Harden. Mm-hmm. Ooh. What is he going to do? Philadelphia. That's what I think. I think, personally, because Philadelphia has, has major interest in him. The only issue is their depth is amazing. They get hardened. They got to get rid of a lot of that depth, because or actually, wait, no, it's not a trade. He's a free agent. Here's the thing. What was about to say. Here's the thing. This is because he's. I mean, he's obviously he's been expressing that like he doesn't want to leave Brooklyn to the front office, but that I mean, that's what he told the Houston front office. Mm. My thing about him is that this was something I found out earlier, and this was like this was posted about Ky- about Kyrie Irving. It's probably Kyrie Irving is, is inability to get the back get the vaccine, which I mean I'm mm. I don't. I'm all for that. I don't like, I don't care. Like, I don't see like I think him standing up for that is great. Yeah. So the the mayor of Brooklyn, she announced that. I think as soon as she might be, she might be lifting the indoor mask mandate, and the indoor vaccine mandate, which I think that might mean a return to Kyrie Irving for home games. So what does that mean for James Harden? If Kyrie Irving comes back. Do you think he's willing to test that out, or do you think he's like I've had? A- I think he'll test it out. I think they- I, I've been saying this for a while. I remember, Jace, you remember what I was talking about when I said that the Nets needed to get rid of Harden, and it would be better if they had two stars. That was before Kyrie did the whole vaccine stuff. Before I was saying that they needed to get rid of Harden; he was too expensive, and they would be better off with two good stars and more depth. Now that James Harden has free agency, I think. What his best plan is to go to a team like the 76ers where he can be a star and have a good rebounder to give him the ball. He has good people to give the ball. He's a good playmaker. That's a perfect fit for him because he has shooters to throw to. He has a big man. When he misses, the he'll get boards. It's a perfect team for him. He has two big men. I will say this. What does that mean for Ben Simmons, because I don't know if, with with the asking price they have for him, they, with the asking price they have for Ben Simmons, I don't know who's going to trade for him. 
I, I think forgot, I forgot what it was. Some team offered him them some crazy deal, and they turned and it they, down. Didn't and they? they turned it down. Yeah, I think Ben Simmons is gonna go out sad. I think he's gonna. Who's an NFL player? We were just talking about this a while ago. Who, um, let's just compare him to just any NFL player that went into free agency and never got signed again. Ben Simmons is just someone who, if one team or two teams, they don't want him because of the whole him being a bit uh, like a, you know, bad, like bad influence on other players and other stuff like that. He doesn't want to play. He wants to bitch about starting. Then he's not going to get signed by anyone. He's just going to become a free agent for the rest of his career. I don't think that's going to happen, but that's a big possibility for players who do that. I mean, it's happened. I think this is, this is, I'm. I debate. I debate about this with myself, so I don't even have like a set opinion on this. Because you know his playmate. I don't know if the point guard is him. Because it's not. I don't think so either. But like, his because here's the thing, he has the perfect playmaking capabilities for a point guard, but he yeah. can't shoot. But the thing about not being able to shoot is, if he were to play shooting guard or small forward, that's what a lot of teams look for in a shooting guard or small forward. If he could shoot, he'd be the perfect 3D type of guy. But, I mean, here's the thing. He can shoot. He can shoot in, like, in off-season gyms. Mm. So, I don't know if it's a skill thing or I don't know if it's a confidence thing. Mm. I'm thinking it's a confidence thing. But, and he's, the thing about Ben Simmons is that nothing good is happening for his confidence. There's nothing that's making him want to be confident right now. And I understand that. Because who's giving him a chance? Then again, yeah. then again, he's not giving, and that's why. I mean, I'll say this: the 76ers are giving him a chance. He's not giving himself a chance, right? And I think who is the uh, the what? Who is the player who um reformed their shot? Um, shoot, Lonzo did that. We'll yeah. just we'll use Lonzo as a comparison. Lonzo re- had a bad shot, reformed it, boom. Really good shot going into this season and has been this season. That's why the Bulls have been really good because he's been a major weapon for them. If Ben Simmons were to revamp his shot until he feels something comfortable and he doesn't listen to the media because that's how he has been. If he is confident in his shot and is shooting shots, not like Westbrook, but is making them, then he's going to be a perfect fit at point guard. If not, a team has to put him at small forward, power forward, where he can't take up the ball and he can't play make as good. So basically he's just going to become a great defender and that's it. And if he doesn't want and if he doesn't want to reform his shot, he needs to move the power forward. He can't play guard anymore. Mm. He's got to play power. It's just like Giannis. I using Giannis as an example cuz he's not the best shooter. And he plays power forward. He doesn't play point guard and he <laughs> dominates. Ben Simmons ben is 6 foot 11. 6 11. Cool. 6 11. Isn't that that's, taller than Mason Plumley? That's taller. No, that's taller than Demo Bio. People like that. But I don't think I don't know if Power Forward's him. I don't think Power Forward is him. I think if anything, he'd have, he'd have to be a small forward. But I don't know if teams will have him as a small forward with everything that's going. Because small forward is such, yeah. uh, is such a shooting position, and. Him and Lonzo, he could be just like Lonzo. Power forward, because power forward isn't really a shooting position. I think if he goes, yeah, but he doesn't really have power forward skills. 
like, I don't know if like rebounding and like playing super physical. He used to be that physical kind of player. I don't know yeah. if he is anymore. Him, him and Wanzo could be the exact same. And I think it all depends on whether he goes to a new team. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, people, a lot of people say, oh, he can't take criticism. I will say this about Ben Simmons. I would never want to play in Philadelphia. In my <laughs> oh, life, yeah, I would definitely. never want to play in Philadelphia. Their fans, fans are terrible. Terrible. Their fans are giving, were giving Joel Embiid, one of the best center, one of, if not arguably the best center right now. They were mm. calling him, they were like, they, they weren't even, because a lot of people say, oh, you can't take criticism. Calling him like a fat, calling him fat and sloppy and calling him like, calling him like all that stuff is not criticism. And that's, it gets to a point where it's like, it's like, okay, like, like I'll, I'll try, I'll trash and make some plummy all, like, all the time. But yeah. you got to give him some slack. And at some, at some point, you got to give him props for his good games. Ben Simmons never got props for the things he did well. Everything people had. Mm. And I understand, you know, he's a six foot eleven point guard that can't shoot. But you yeah. know, you gotta give you gotta give him the support of growth. Lonzo had support. I don't know how much support Ben ha- Ben has. <clears throat> anyway, so we got about uh-huh. 15, 15 minutes left. So yeah, let's look at this topic real quick. College basketball this week has been a little crazy. I'm surprised you want to talk about this, man. Are you okay? Are you okay? Not really, man. So last week, Duke and Carolina played on Saturday. We had a good game. A.J. Griffin, career-high 27 points. That dude was amazing. I love him. Thank God for A.J. Griffin. Next game, we play, was it Monday? It was yesterday. It was yesterday, yeah. Yeah, which was Monday. Against Virginia, the Virginia Cavaliers, and oh my goodness, it was terrible. We were so sloppy, and it came down to a clutch three-pointer shot by Virginia, and they made it. And and low key, it was an and one, but they didn't call it. So, and we had the chance. We had the chance. Mm-hmm. and Carroll got the ball. Took a stupid. Well, he had to take It was the that. only shot he could get. Yeah, but he, had to, yeah he had to. It was like that shot Christian Leitner took in the NCAA championships back then and won the game. But he took a stupid three-point spin 360 fadeaway and bricked it off the top of the backboard. Yeah, he had to. I mean, but – My thing is that I don't think – he is the guy, but I don't think the inbound of, the inbound Apollo is the right idea. Yeah, I think because they were—that's exactly what they were expecting. If you want to give it to anybody else who was either like a better, like I was—I don't know—I don't really know—I don't watch much Duke's so ability. Anybody who's—I don't know his clutch ability either. So I can't—I can't give the biggest opinion on this. But if you would have yeah. given that to somebody who was more open and somebody who you could trust more with that shot without being double, double or triple teamed, I think they would have had a because they had one point one seconds. That's enough to get a shot up. Yeah, it's not so the I, shot you want, but it's the shot. I, know, you I don't know who this is, but Jeremy Roach, who is our point guard, number three, you could have given it, given it to him. I know he could have done something. No one's because they're not going to be looking for him. And let me ask, let me ask you this as a Duke fan: What do you think is the issue that's causing the inconsistency against like unranked teams? Defense. My dad was pointing out last night. We ran a man defense, and we got absolutely hammered. And so then we went like, to a two-three zone. So you think lack of proper adjustments, or just lack of lack of training and the stuff that they should be doing, 
like lack of lack of proper well, coaching. The coach, yeah. The coach K has to make that decision to change up the defense from man mm-hmm. to two three to three two or whatever. We went to a do two three defense and it was already too late. We were already down by too much. We still came back, but it was still too close of a game. Yeah. We did good in the two three defense. Uh, we should have been playing that the whole game. So you think that change should have been made much much sooner? Oh yeah. Definitely. Second half, we should have been doing that the whole second half. I think I've watched some Duke games. It's usually the it's usually the second like the second half. I think Duke, it's like you said, defense. It's just like there's I mean, I will say this, it's college, you know. There's yeah. shots that you see go up in college, like game winners that you going in. And that was me last night. I'm like, yeah, he's making this shot. When when Beekman, <laughs> when Beekman shot that at the end, I'm like, yeah, I'm like that. That's good. That's definitely going in. Yeah, it's like it's like you know it's college, and you know things are gonna happen. Things are gonna happen that seem impossible. But you can't. I think I feel like they kind of lost hope. In- yeah, one point one second. But yeah, I think they. And you've I been doing bad. You can't give up. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of did. And I think I think. That pass, that inbound to Paolo was kind of just like a let's get this over with. Yeah. Instead of a let's win, instead of a let's tie this game. Yeah, exactly. they could have tied it. Actually, we were they were up by one, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Something but like that. Could have won it even with a simple mid range or floater. Even when he caught the ball, before he caught it, he was already getting doubled. Yeah, and then by the time he put up the shot, he was getting tripled. Yeah. So, what was I about to say? Um. All right. Last topic. topic. Wait, one more game. I did not watch this, so I'm not going to talk about it that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight Kansas got knocked off too by number twenty three, the Texas Longhorns. Dude, don't even talk about Texas, dude. I don't like Texas. I but it was the number eight team. So That's true. I'm I'm gonna let it slide this time. I hate Texas so much, but they are so good. That's where Kai Jones comes from. I love Kai Jones. They're so good at sports. And it... All right. <laughs> so, last topic. This is what Dylan wanted to talk about. We only have 10 minutes left, but this will be a quick one. Mm. Super Bowl. Yeah. The, first Super non- Bowl. the first non-NBA talk. By the way, I want to let you guys know. Non-basketball talk. Yeah, I want to let yeah. you know, I want people, people listening know. We're going to... We're gonna do more um like other sports stuff, but it's just today, like the whole thing with all the trades. Like that's the whole reason we wanted to record today, which is all that. Let's talk about that. <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna start off with the Super Bowl stuff. Um I uh there's the thing I told our friend Aaron before the Bengals and Chiefs game, and that was Chris Jones and the Chiefs defense was going to go straight through the Bengals O line. And I was so wrong i could never been more wrong i could have never been more wrong about it mm-hmm. their o-line came out and played great their d-line i think what the chiefs issue was is that they came out thinking they were the chiefs thinking they were the best team in the afc yeah. and then their o-line surprised the d-line of the chiefs that the chiefs d-line actually got under or outperformed by the Bengals d-line the Bengals had like three sacks chiefs had one i think yeah. It was bad. Here's the thing about the Rams, though. The Rams' D-line is way better than the Chiefs' D-line. And they're not going into this game thinking they're the best in the AFC like the Chiefs did, thinking they're, you know, Super Bowl champions. They're trying their hardest to win this game because everything is on the line here. They know what it feels like to lose the Super Bowl. 
Mm-hmm. And then again, so did so the Chiefs. But anyway, basically, you've got Aaron Donald, who you know is going to get double or triple team. You've got Von Miller, who's really starting to turn on the Jets in the playoffs. And just the whole defense, it's just, I think the defense is going to shut down the offense so much that the Rams are going to win, not by a landslide, but by at least like three points. What do you got score um, prediction? Score prediction? I think I'm going to go with 28-24 Rams. Okay. What was I going to say? Oh, you, 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 mm. you mentioned this. They know what it's like to lose mm. the Super Bowl. And I think Aaron Donald, because I've seen the clips of him after he lost that Super Bowl, saying like he never wants to feel that again. I saw him hyping himself up. There's no human on earth that can stop Aaron Donald to, in that game. And you are think, fully right about that. And it's think, no one on the Bengals' O-line. They would have to trip, which they can't. Yeah. Stop him. I think you could put that whole O-line on Aaron, and you will. You are not stopping him. And mm. if you pair that, you pair that with... He has a lot of Super Bowl experience. Sadly, I say that because he played the Panthers. Sadly, yep. because he's known for making big moments in big times. Yeah. I think... And who's the other guy? Who's the, other, the other guy's Floyd. I know his last name's Floyd. Leonard, Leonard Floyd. Floyd. Leonard Floyd. Yep. He's tough. He's so tough. Yeah. And plus, I mean, he's he's been getting burned a little bit recently. Jalen Ramsey. That's Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase is going to be a matchup. I am. That's a must see matchup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's. I, I can't wait for that one. Yeah. Um. Here's something I got to say about the Rams secondary though. Ramsey is obviously the best corner on their team, if not the league. A lot of people think he's the best in the league. You got Cal Flames, favorite, favorite blah, blah. player. Um, yeah, he's my yeah, he's one of my favorite defense players in the league. Here's the thing: you put him on Jamar Chase. Here's the game plan. I think the Bengals are going to come out with, and it could, it will definitely work in the at least in the first half. Is you got to come out and you got to throw the ball. You got to run the ball before Aaron Donald, before Von Miller, before that D line Leonard Floyd all gets you. Because if you can run the ball with Joe Mixon and get four four yards of carry, come out super quick, throw to T Higgins. Because if Jalen Ramsey's on Jamar Chase, you still have T Higgins. You still have Tyler Boyd. You have the the best besides the Cowboys. You have the best receiver core in the league. You've got T Higgins. They put Ramsey on him. You throw to Jamar Chase. They put two good corners. If not, Eric Weddle's Eric Weddle is is back. Oh my God! I need some water. Um, <laughs> you're gonna have Tyler Boyd open, and they've got that one tight end who's been playing good. It's just he? it's bad that yeah they have an insane offensive core that it's just I feel like they're gonna come out hot in the first half and just kind of slow down in the second. And then their defense is it's it's pretty it's been playing pretty good this year. I don't think it's gonna stop Cooper Cup. I don't think so. Here's my thing. You mentioned this, and I agree fully. You mentioned how the Chiefs went into that game thinking, believing that they were going to destroy that O-line. I think this game will be decided on the Bengals' surprise factor and how the Rams keep from underestimating them. Mm. I think because they are a team that has surprised everyone. Nobody – well, I mean, I won't say nobody. They've been playing great, but a lot of people do not think that they should be here. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, a young quarterback, big injury, coming off pretty much, pretty much still his rookie year. Yeah, young quarterback. I mean, he's not that young. He's still kind of old. Versus the, a triple crown receiver, one, one of the best defensive players ever, and Aaron Donald, arguably, in my opinion, mm. in my in my opinion, the best corner in the league, Jalen Ramsey. 
I think if they let that if they let that get to their head and they don't game plan properly, Bengals win. But here's mm-hmm. what I will say. I will say for my score prediction, I want to put this in the air now in case the shit comes true. I, I've said this so much, and I'm probably annoying everybody about how much I say it, but middle of the season, middle of last season, I had the yep. Rams winning the Super Bowl before they got Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. And based for score prediction, based on how the, all of the – not all of, majority of the playoff games have gone, I've got this winning with – I've got this ending it with a kick. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping it's Perfect. not a He's so cold. I, mean, mm-hmm. no, I don't mean cold as in like a cold streak. I mean cold as in like ice in his veins cold. But Best think... rookie quarterback right now. 11 for 11 in the playoffs. Yeah, he's been great. Yeah. These yeah. are two of the best kickers, too. Matt Gay has been great this season. They are I some think... of the best kickers in the league. I think Matt Gay, I've got this coming down to 24 21 Rams. Mm. That's my pick. That's, my, that's my score prediction. I'm going to go. I'm. My score prediction is a little bit lower than y'all's. I can see this being a scoring game. I, I just had it in my head. Um, um, dang, what was it? I don't know. <laughs> give me, give me a second. <laughs> a All, right. Oh All right. Well, while you're thinking, oh. I'm gonna. Uh, or what was it? <laughs> Did you just forget it again? <laughs> Seventeen to thirteen, Bengals. Mm. Okay. So you have the Rams missing an extra point, so it's like thirteen I, instead of fourteen. Missing, not getting it at all. I can say I can say that about the because the Rams, Matt Gay has been so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So in in the playoffs, I'll say. So I could I could see that. Yeah. Mm. There. This is the quarterback thing I have. Okay. Joe Burrow is. Not hit or miss. He's great. He's been consistent toward the second half of the season, like the last bit of the season and the playoffs. He's been great. He's a playoff guy. But he is young in the NFL. He's still only in his technically first but second season fully of his career in the NFL. So going into the Super Bowl, is it's like a lot of pressure. Now, on the other side, the Rams, you've got Matthew Stafford. Here's the thing about Stafford, though. He is known to sell. He is known to sell really hard. We saw that in the game against the 49ers. It, they came out there looking like they were going to destroy the 49ers. They were going into, like, what, a top four seed in the NFC, and they he threw a game-ending pick because it was a stupid pass. I think if this game goes how I'm imagining it could go, it's going to be a really slow second half after a really fast first half, and it's going to be decided off of a stupid pass by Stafford or a great pass by Stafford. But you also got to think about the difference in defenses because mm-hmm. it goes from like Fred Warner, all those people to EY Apple. Yeah. And he's not guarding Cooper Cup. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So I figured we, we, we have about a minute and 20 seconds left before it cuts us off. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for talking with me too, Dylan and Toby. Yes, sir. It's going to be something we'll be doing more often now. We will make segments a little bit shorter just so we can fit everything in. Yeah, we the free agency was a big thing that today, was, so that was the main topic. Yeah. Without, I mean, not in the PlayStation party. <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping I'll get a lot of people texting me like, "What the fuck do you mean by?" Don't argue with me, okay? <laughs> if we're not, we're not fully. Do not listen to us and ju- make your takes off of us. We are high schoolers. We are I'm not. Please. <laughs> If you are an Eli Apple, base everything off of our what we think is going to happen. Eli, if you are an Eli Apple fan, please don't come back. (laughs) 
right. Well, I'm going to end this recording. And uh, see y'all next time. Yeah.